Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, we're going to talk about Game 2 of the World Series, the Astros and the Phillies. And guess what? He's back. Tom is back from his cruise. Tom, what's up, buddy? Tom Cruise, I just got that. <laughs> what's up, Rob? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Glad to be back. Glad to talk about these Astros. The cruise was amazing. Definitely needed to sneak that in. I feel a little bad because I missed Friday. I wasn't with y'all. I wasn't here in Houston. Root for the Strohs. I take full responsibility for the L. All my fault. Definitely got a great story to tell because... The Cruz family was definitely Astros heavy. It was awesome. It was definitely really cool. You know, they had people hanging towels up, you know, Astro towels up, had people hanging K's up when Verlander uh, struck people out or Astro struck people out. Um, it was pouring rain. There was a big cell that came through Houston. I'm sure most of y'all are aware. So we caught that on the water. So the game starts, everybody's tucked up underneath, like this huge big screen on the main deck. And uh, everybody's out there watching. The rain comes. Everybody tucks away. We're watching. We're yelling. We're screaming. Tucker doing great things. And we're up 5-0, and, and everything is, like, where it's supposed to be. It's it's pouring rain. Nobody cares. There's people sitting in beach chairs in the rain, rooting the strows, yelling, screaming, crazy. The rain stops. The Phillies come back. And obviously, you guys know the rest. But um, definitely an awesome environment. Only thing that would have made it better was we got the win. Ironically, so they had like scheduled times for everything, right? So there was a movie scheduled to happen at 11 o'clock. Thor 11 Thunder was supposed to come on at 11 o'clock. Obviously, as everyone knows, the game went to extra innings. 11 o'clock hits. Thor 11 Thunder starts and everybody's booing, going crazy. You got bartenders on the phone going, hey, 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 get the game back on, get the game back on. Game comes back on, I think it was 2-2 or 3-2 to Real Muto. Two pitches later, he hits the dinger, and everybody's booing. They blamed it on Thor Love and Thunder. So, But on to, on to yesterday's game. Yeah, we, we talked about game one already. And when I was watching it, because I went last night to game two, 
And when, when we were winning five to zero, I was like, man, I should have went to this game. This is the game I should have went to. (laughs) And then it just, it just went South very quickly. Uh, But anyway, last night was Framber versus Wheeler. And one of the fair fouls we had on the show was, do you expect Framber Valdez to allow fewer runs and go more innings? And we both said fair. Would you expect that from him as well? Absolutely. He's the king of the quality start this year. So knowing that Justin, you know, barely made five, you expect Framber to get six. So let's go to the scoring. It started out awesome. Bottom of the first, Altuve had a double. Pena had a double and brought him in. Alvarez had a double. It just they just switched places. Three doubles in a row. We're up two to zero. Yuli reached on a fielding error. Alvarez scored from uh, third, and it was three to zero. We go to the bottom of the fifth. It was still three to zero. Framber is awesome. Framber is mowing him down, and we get a guy on base. I think Alvarez was on. And we start chanting in our section, Breggy Bomb, Breggy Bomb. And he hit it. Like, we know we need a Breggy Bomb. He hit it. He's been amazing. Uh, five to zero. The same thing. We're up five to zero, feeling good. But we have Framber instead of JV, who isn't the greatest World Series pitcher. They got to run in the seventh, and then they got to run in the ninth off of a fielding error from Yuli. But watching it at the game, you can't really tell that there was a fielding error. It looked like, are they talking about the hit the guy had that got past Yuli? So the ball hit the 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 thumb, the heel of his glove. And in the slow-mo, you can actually see where, you know, it just ticks off the top of his glove, which, you know, obviously they assume Yuli should make that play because Yuli's a gold glove first baseman. I think normally that play gets made. So I recorded this, but I don't remember exactly when it happened. And luckily, I don't think it came back to Hannes as far as, far as I can tell. But I guess Pena got that ball and was flipped it over to Jose Altuve, and he was just crouched down. I, I think looking at it, he was crouched down for him to throw it to first. He was trying to get out of his way, but he didn't expect that. But I don't think that hurt us, right? No, it didn't. Framber got it. Framber got out of that situation shortly thereafter. The funny thing is, is like, I understand what Altuve was doing. There was really no play to be made at second. The runner was already there. So the only play was at first. But with Pena's momentum kind of taking him away, I think Pena knew he had no chance at the guy at first either. There you go. Yeah, I mean, at the game, it was kind of weird. Because it's a, it's a total different thing to watch a game live. Because you have no one explaining what just happened. Because you're like, whoa, what happened? Like, what's going on? But anyway, Framber did great. Six and a third, four hits, one run on three walks, nine strikeouts, a 1.42 ERA in the playoffs. Montero came in and pitched the seventh for him, and he also pitched the eighth. I was a little a little surprised about that, but he still did good. Had a hit and a walk and a strikeout. His ERA is 113. And then Presley comes in, gives up a hit and a run, even though it was unearned because of the Yuli Gurriel error, and he had a strikeout. And I was able to witness the Presley, what do they call it? Is it a walkout song for the pitchers? Because I I guess that's what it is. I think it's like an intro. I mean, I don't think they have like a a name for it. You know, it's like 
a reliever intro song or something. Obviously, the great closers of our game have all had amazing intros. So I think Presley's is just as good right up there. I was telling, I was watching the game at a family member's house and I was describing it to them. And then I went on Twitter and found it and showed it to them because Fox does, just does not do us any justice. And another thing, while I was on the cruise, so I guess ESPN, because we're in like the Caribbean, I guess. So ESPN had the game, right? Dan Plesak's the color commentator, ex-Philly, constantly rambling about the Phillies. The crowd's booing. They're they're hating life. John Smoltz was very, very good compared to Dan Plesak, let me tell you. But that, that closer intro, you see it on some games, right? They talk about the Mets closer. We've talked about them. But they just won't do it for uh, Presley, and I think they should because it's a really cool intro. I don't think anyone other than Astro fans even know there is one. But it was awesome to see live. It was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, Altuve, he's back. He's back just in time in the World Series. The The team carried him all the way here. Now he finally woke up three for four. And he scored a run. Payne went one for four, but he had an RBI. Jordan went one for three with a walk, and he had an RBI. That was all in the switching places, uh, three triples in a row. Bregman went one for four, but that one hit was big. A two-run bomb. Tucker, Yuli, Diaz, and Maldi, 0 for 13. But who, I think it was Schwarber, when he hit that ball over to right field. Because I'm right there by the foul pole, but I can't see low. I can only see high. And it looked like a home run, because I didn't see the ball on this side of the foul pole, but maybe I was too high. And I thought it was a two-run homer, and they, they called it back and said it was no home run. He came up again, and he was inches away from another. Yeah, it was it was definitely a scary time because the game would have been a lot tighter, would have been a lot more in question. The funny thing was is the Fox broadcast, they thought it at first too. They they went with it, and then they showed, they panned over, showed the fans, and the fans were like, no, no, no. And then they showed another view on the other side of the foul pole. And uh, I think it's, I can't remember the, the, the head announcer. I want to say Tom Verducci, but I don't think that's right. Anyway, he says, well, if the ball disappears behind the foul pole, then it's a foul ball. And it was like a perfect picture of the ball going behind the foul pole. So lucked out. And then then that drive right there to the to the warning track to the wall where, you know, credit to the fans, man. They did such a great job of backing off the wall to give Tucker the room to, you know, they're not hanging over the wall. So they're not in his eyesight or anything like that. I think they did an amazing job, made his catch really easy. And uh, that proved to be huge. Well, the Astros learned their lesson from that Mookie Betts. I, I mean, we hit a home run. They called it an out because Mookie Betts got interfered with. But anyway, this is something I, I, I saw it on Twitter. But like I said, <clears throat> I can't see it from where we're, we're at on the stands. But apparently two guys or a couple brought like 500 crowns for the King, King Tuck's court. Could you see that on TV? Absolutely. They're bright gold. You can see them just shining right over the back of him. And they've done it for like the last three or four games. It's really cool. And people are like, what is that? What is that? And they've talked about it a couple of different times. And and yeah, you could see it plain <laughs> as day last night. All the crowns for King's uh, King Tuck's court. All right. So the Astros win, but without controversy or made up controversy. It just doesn't matter what team we play. Their fan base accuses us of cheating after every win. 
First, we have Framber wiping his hands. Philly fans crying, <clears throat> cheating. To me, it looks like he's just wiping the sweat off his wrist and 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 rubbing the ball. Like, what could be on there? He's getting checked every time. But then they showed a video of him wiping his wiping his hand off. I mean, what do you think about this situation? Well, first off, I want to say credit to the Phillies manager. That was the first thing they asked him in post game, and he was very clear. Look. These umpires are checking them after every inning. He goes, we noticed that the last time we faced them, you know, clearly it's a sweat rosin thing to kind of get some kind of feel for the ball. 98% of pitchers do it. It's nothing out of the ordinary. I do believe that there are some fan bases that would like nothing more than to find something to pin the Astros to. It doesn't matter if, you know, they pull their socks up too high or, you know, I think, they made mention on the broadcast about how Framber changed his cleats. So I thought he was changing, cheating because he changed his cleats. It's just, it's to the point where it's just comical at this point. And what would be of... in the cleats that would help him pitch better? <laughs> and he changed gloves. Matter. I know there's a guy that I follow and he's a great fan. Let me, let me start by saying that he's a diehard Yankee fan. Totally respect him. And he believes that there's something going on in Framber's hair. He believes that the dreads, there's something in there. And I just, you got to dismiss some of that. Some of it's just to to poke at Astros fans, you know, get them stirred up because it's an easy, you know, if you let it happen, it's an easy, you guys are cheaters. And then it goes on from there. So Frambro talked about it in his post game too. He goes, it's a nervous tick that he's always had. He's always kind of massaged his hands, massaged the ball. It's kind of how he calms himself down gets himself into a groove. I don't think there's anything to it. Uh, they also went so far as I saw on Twitter last night. Somebody talked about the revs, uh, the revolutions on the ball that he was averaging for last night's game compared to what he did all season. Slightly up just a tick. I think it was like 28, 40 something. And it was like 29, 20 something. Nothing that you would be like, oh my God, this is huge discrepancy in how, how much spin he's got on the ball. So that would leave you to think that there's nothing on the ball that's helping him. So just a great performance by Framber. Haters are going to hate. You just got to take it in stride, keep it moving, and on to Philly for game three. That's right. Haters are going to hate. I saw that, too. They they showed the uh, revolutions, and they were pretty much the same as the whole uh, regular season and the rest of the year. So I, I don't get into it. I don't comment on people. I don't argue with anybody. I don't <clears> – <throat> I, because – it's kind of like, okay, we did what we did in 2017 and we kind of deserve it. You know, they, they, oh, they're doing it. They're doing So I don't argue with them because I, I don't know if we deserve it, but it's like these people got to be upset because it's like, oh, they can't win without cheating. And then we just keep winning. We keep winning and we keep going to the World Series and we keep going to the ALCS. And they got to be uh, pretty upset about that and pretty jealous about the Astros. But what about Maldi's bat? He got, he was given a bat by pool holes and they found out it was illegal. So <laughs> again, if you watch the broadcast, obviously you couldn't. So uh, they, they have uh they have an interview with um, the dude with the bow tie. I'm struggling with his name right now. Anyway, uh, Ken Rosenthal. I think that's, I think that's who that is. Yeah. And he just, casually stuck that in there that he was using a bat in game one given to him by pool host that they have outlawed and now he can't use it in game two because they deemed it an illegal bat 
So obviously, he could have said unsafe, Matt. Exactly. I think he definitely chose his words the way he did because it definitely got the reaction I think he wanted. Twitter went nuts. There was I saw Batgate. I saw all kinds of things because Maldi had a good uh, game one. So everybody assumed that this was a competitive advantage. Turns out the reason they outlawed the bat at all was because the bats tend to splinter more than anything else. And they didn't, it was a safety thing. And the funny thing is like one of the most notable Astro hating Twitter bloggers out there, Dan Clark, everybody knows him. He's an Oriole fan, world renowned Astro hater blogger. Yeah. He went so far as to go and say they weren't cheating. Framber wasn't cheating. Uh, Maldi wasn't cheating. So when you see it from a guy like that, wow! You no, exactly. It was it was it was amazing. It's like you know, there's there's finally somebody making some sense out there. Like, calm down, guys. This wasn't anything. And the funny thing was, is Maldi says, "Man, I used that bat when I first came in. A lot of people use that bat. They like the bat, and uh, they just they did away with it because they just shatter and splinter, and they're just really worried about player safety. And had Rosenthal had said any of that." None of it would have came up. Was that game one where there was a broken bat? It, it, you know, the handle. I'm trying to think who it was. Maybe it was Tucker. It was Tucker. Tucker broke two bats in game one. He broke one. his bat and and uh, Nola was just looking at the ball and that, that broken piece of the bat was just hurling right at him and he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so game three is Monday. And it will be... Lance McCullers Jr. versus Syndergaard. Did you expect Javier to be number three? I did not. I did not. I think that Lance was always going to be the guy, provided that rest was good. Obviously, last time they they came out and talked about the elbow. I don't think anybody has a – I don't think in in the Astros clubhouse there is a question as to who is their number three guy. I think it's always been Lance. Lance proved it last year, proved it when he came back. He's definitely that caliber starter. And now he's passed that game after the the champagne bottle thing. So I'm glad it's him too. I think it's a perfect spot to try to get even or try to get home field advantage back. And he's a perfect pitcher for it. All right. So now we go to fair foul. You ready, buddy? I am. All right. We'll do some new fair fouls right after this. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're back. Number one, fair foul. We need someone at DH other than Diaz and Mancini. Even though Diaz played left field yesterday, 
Fair or foul, buddy? So that is 100% fair. I totally agree. I want to give a shout out to uh, Bourbons and Baseball because they led the charge on Twitter. And I think the DH should be David Hensley, initials DH. I think the kid has graded bats. I think if you look across the diamond at the Phillies, the if you've watched both broadcasts, you know they have been on a mission to pump up this kid's stats. He's their nine-hole hitter. He's a shortstop. And uh, all of it has been about his at-bats, just, just grinding out at-bats, all these pitches. Yesterday they came on the stat. He's seen like 30-some-odd pitches. And Hensley is our guy for that. When I yeah. When you look at Hensley – He's, his batting average is there. You always see him in a hitter's count. He's taking a lot of pitches, you know, fouls off tough pitches. He just grinds them out. I think Hensley would be a great uh, DH for us if for no other reason than just to, just to say, okay, hey, we threw the kitchen sink at it because Diaz went over. Obviously, Mancini's been over. So give me the kid who, who's who got maybe maybe the, the, the situation is just so big he's not even – you know, paying attention. Maybe it's just, I'm too young to know what I'm doing right now. That kind yeah, of, thing. I mean, what's, what, what could it hurt? I mean, I, I talked about this last time and I was like, they definitely need to make a change. And I don't think dusty will, but it, cause it's the world series and they're like, all right, well, these guys are veterans. I'm going to put them in, but they're not doing anything as fans. We would do it in a heartbeat, but I really don't think they'll do it, but I do say it's fair. And that kind of like, the way you, you know, you give the veterans and the people that earn it, it's kind of that way with JV. JV is our best pitcher, but for some reason, he cannot pitch well in the World Series. So why do you give that guy game one just out of respect and just out of because he's our ace? I mean, I guess he's really, really good. He's going to be the Cy Young, so you just got to bank that he's going to have a good game and you know, that history is not going to repeat itself. So I understand that, but definitely they need to give someone a try somebody somewhere. And I even mentioned this, they should have carried three catchers. So Vasquez could have DH'd because he's there doing nothing. So I listened to uh seven ninety before the game yesterday and Michael Connors, I think his name is. Yeah. He, uh, he brought that up and I thought it was a great point. Uh, and, and the argument he made was like, okay, Will Smith is not seeing the field. You carried Will Smith because you thought you needed the left-handed left handed reliever in case you had ran into Harper and um, there's a center fielder they got. It's a lefty too. I can't think of his name. Long-haired guy. Marsh. There it is. Brandon yeah, Marsh. Marsh. So you carried him for that. But so far, they haven't used him. So if they don't plan to use him, then you totally could have carried a third catcher and then could have DH'd uh, Vasquez to give one more bat. So I, I it's one of those, it, it's going to be second guess if for some reason this doesn't go the way we planned. Obviously, if they if they figure it out and they have the advantage going with pitching the next couple games, it won't matter. It, it would just would have made it a little easier, right? Yeah. That's why I think Hensley makes so much sense because I know that Dusty won't DH Vasquez knowing that he won't have a catcher to lean on. So this guy must either think just like me or he listened to the last podcast because that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I said they left the magic man off the roster 
to put Will Smith on there, who's never going to see one inning. He's never going to throw one pitch. So why not carry three catchers and use Vasquez? Because what are the odds that Maldi's going to get hurt? He's, I mean, he hasn't yet. He could catch every game. He's a tank. Yeah. I mean, I don't see that. I mean, you have, he's the best hitter on our bench by far. Now, I mean, Mancini is supposed to be really, really good, but he had that, what, two home run game, and he's just done nothing since, and why not? But they don't do things we do. I mean, I know they're all smarter than us, but maybe we can see things that they can't see, dude. I don't know. The one thing I'll say about, before I cut you off, the one thing I'll say about the, you brought up Verlander and Mancini and things like that. You you have to put these guys in the best possible position to succeed. And and Dusty spoke about it after game one. He's like, I've afforded because they asked him about Trey. I've afforded him. I've tried to be, you know, build his confidence up and play him as much as he can. Because if he wasn't playing him, he's not gonna, he's not gonna come off the pine and do it. You know what I mean? You got to put him in the position. Same thing with Justin, right? Regardless of what his post world series postseason numbers are. If that's your side young guy, you have to have that confidence like, hey, that's my horse that, that got me here. I'm riding him. You know what I mean? And I think Dusty's a player manager and a, and a, and a, a veteran guy, right? He's going to lean on his vets all the time. So we're us, we're tended to, well, that guy was good. Just use him. He's in that locker room with those guys every day, you yeah. know, talking family, kids, wife, whatever. And they, maybe there's a different relationship there. Yeah. I have a the, one of the fair fouls about Justin Verlander, so we will get back to him. All right, number two, the Astros will win two out of the three games in Philly. I want to say fair. I, I Astros fan here, you know, I want to say they win all three of them. I just, man, that's that's. I mean, yes, yes, fair. But I say fair too because they don't. They're they've already used their two good pitchers. And they used Ranger Suarez, who was supposed to start game three. This True. is the bull- game three is a bullpen game. True, but Ranger only pitched what would have amounted to his bullpen in between starts anyway. And I think that's how they used him, right? Yeah. I don't think they ran him out there for a long period of time. I think he only had like 10 or 12 pitches, something like that. So you figure warm up plus that is probably the 40 pitches he would have thrown that day anyway, because they throw a bullpen in between starts to keep loose. So I don't think they've lost Ranger Suarez. I think he still starts game four for them, I think. Yeah. Now, I think the- Well, it affected that, something because he was supposed to start game three. That was the- True, true. Right. And 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 I think that the pitching definitely favors the strokes. Oh, yeah. Um, It's just a question of, are we going to get the offense? Are we going to get five runs against, you know, every every game? If they continue to hit like this, absolutely. Five runs, they should win every game. They shouldn't have lost the first game. If they score five runs tomorrow, they should win that game. If they score five runs Tuesday, they should win that one too. Because I think they this is like the the first, game one was the first five-run lead they had ever given up in a postseason. So if the Astros only win one, then they're going to have to go to a game seven to win it all. And mm-hmm. you know who will be there. But anyway, <laughs> I... My prediction all the time is that they're going to go six. And it's kind of working out the way I said. They're, I think they're going to split at home. And then they'll win. I think, what did I say? I, I thought we were going to win the first two at home. I, I don't know. I think I got to go back to it. 
I just thought maybe they would because they have two good pitchers. So you look at it, maybe we split it home and then we go over there and win two out of three because we have the pitching advantage. And then we come home and win game six. That was, I think that's what was in my head. So I say fair. I think they're going to win two out of three over there. And we'll have a game six. And I don't know how they're going to do their pitchers. I don't know if they're going to end up rushing their pitchers back. And maybe that's going to hurt them. But I definitely think we have the advantage because we have four. We have five. We we have a guy that has three World Series wins. The Mexican. And he hasn't thrown one pitch in the postseason. And he probably won't. In a perfect scenario for Dusty, I guarantee you Dusty has no intentions of using Jose Arquiti. But how do you leave a guy with that much experience and that much uh, and and the season that he have off the roster? So they're carrying him for no other reason than, hey, you got us here, so you're going to be there. But I think in a perfect world, he never uses Jose Arquiti. I think in a perfect world, he never uses Luis Garcia again. So number three was... I actually messed up and asked you this already. Javier should pitch game three so that he could pitch game seven, but you say foul because you think that should be McCullers. Absolutely. McCullers has proven on the road and in the past that he can be every bit the big game pitcher that you need him to be. So if you get a chance to get him twice, I would use him. And then I would think that that game seven, it'll be all hands on deck. If you needed Javier to piggyback, you'd get him. If you needed Framber, Framber already said he would come back on short rest. You'd get him. So I think all bets are off in the World Series. I think you could see anybody at any spot and not be surprised. I think 2017, we did what? Morton and Lance McCullers piggyback. I, I think something like that could happen as well with him and Javier. So Javier should be ready for game seven as well. Possibly. So anyway, I, I'm going to... Even though I think Javier is pitching better, Lance McCullers has that experience in the World Series. So I'm going to say foul. Uh, Number four, this is the JV one. JV's leash should be shorter in game five. Foul. So he gets up five runs in three innings and you just keep throwing them out there? So here's the thing. I don't know... I don't know that it was like he had a leash. I think his pitch count got up to where they would have got him anyway. I don't think he was like, I think if his pitch count was at 70 pitches and he gave up five runs, he would have still been pitching because it's Justin Berliner. Because all things considered, there's no one in that bullpen that has that pedigree. It's kind of like Garrett Cole, how the Yankees felt about yeah, Garrett Cole. Yeah, but you Cole just let him time. stay out there and give up runs just because his name's Justin Verlander? So, so oh. ag- again, you if the bases are loaded, that's obviously a different a different ball of yarn, right? But if, if you're talking about letting him come out for the fifth inning because he gave up three runs in the fourth inning after going uh, the first 10 in a row to start the game, you know what I mean? Obviously, if you're if you could care less well, about I didn't the squad, say I didn't say three innings. I mean, I didn't say three runs. Like what if no, he goes but, out and gives up two runs in the second and three runs in the third and, and we're losing five to zero? Just keep throwing them out there. Okay, so let me ask you this. If it depends on where we're at. If this is game four, do you want to tax your bullpen knowing you're gonna go into a probably a seven game series? You're probably going to want him to fall on the sword for that game and just let him go till he can't go anymore. It's, if he holds, let's say it's game five and Phillies won the first two games over there, could be a different story. Then, then you don't. Then, then that leash is different. It all that leash is 
that Lisa's it, it, choking JV if they win the first two. Exactly. All depends. All you're depends right, on the right. situation. That's why I have you on the show, Tom. You're way smarter than me. <laughs> Not at all. All right. So I think I think it should be, but it won't be. He's JV, and we just got to roll with him. Number five. I learned this yesterday. <laughs> you should drink more than two El Tiempo margaritas at the game. I'm going to say for the masses, that's foul. It there's is totally a, there's foul. there is a there's a small contingent that can have more than two El Tiempo margaritas. The masses, the two is the limit. I, I'd like to say as a military guy, well traveled around the world, drank a lot while I was an active duty guy. It's what, what you do as a military guy predominantly. Three is probably a lot for me. Like where where somebody get me home. You know what I mean. I couldn't and, handle and, three. And and my liver, I'd like to say, is very well trained, conditioned to do a little something. something. The the average Joe shouldn't get there. So I drank the first one. And I, I didn't really feel anything, right? But then I start screaming and yelling. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like, I'm having way more fun than I was and interacting with everybody around me. And then... uh I had I had some more friends that were in row two. They were six rows uh, underneath us. And uh, when I went down to use the restroom in between an inning, they were down there. And so I was talking to them and uh, they're like, what have you been drinking? <laughs> I go, oh, I had one of them El Tempio margaritas over there. And they're like, how many have you had? I said, just one. And they're like, and it's hitting like that. <laughs> I said, yeah so they're like well let's go get one so we walked down there and we got another one so i kind of got my second one kind of peer pressure i guess i i wasn't planning on going and getting a second one but i did and uh i had fun just leave it at that <laughs> exactly it, how it's supposed to be yeah i i i didn't really feel it till this morning like i i mean we got i usually if we go to a night game we spend the night but we drove back i didn't drive back and I mean, we got home at like three in the morning and I was so tired and I probably went to sleep at four, had heartburn from Bucky's barbecue, I guess. I, I was miserable this morning, so <laughs> I slept till like noon. But anyway, that's all of mine. But I think you have two traveling Farrah because you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> so I went on this cruise to Cozumel and Progreso uh, in between you know, the end of uh, ALCS and game one of World Series. And it, it was my sister and my brother-in-law's birthday. They go every year. They're like, oh, you got to come. You got to come. So I went and great time. But traveling on a boat is just a little different. And getting off and on that thing is just, it's an absolute nightmare. So fair or foul, knowing um that you can carry your luggage. Would you check your bags or carry your luggage? Do you check your bags on the boat? So you have the option and that's normally on an airplane. You would just check them because they're too big. You can't carry them, you know, but you can roll them down the aisle. You can roll them on the boat the whole night. So I think it, I would roll them in. I, I wouldn't give them to nobody. If I'm going to my room anyway, I would just take them with me. So getting on the boat, no problem. They drop them off at your door. Everything's great. Getting off the boat, this is where it was so foul. You have to, you have to, if you keep your bags, then you get off the boat a little early. 
if you check your bags, then you have to wait for them to call your bag number because they give you a tag. And I sat there for like two hours waiting on bags. So, so they wouldn't even let me get off the boat to get to my bags because my bags weren't ready. And it was so foul. And it was just like the worst experience of the, of the whole thing. Because I ate like a king. Their food on a cruise, if you've never been, that is some of the best food you'll ever eat in your entire life. What about getting off and getting on at the at the destination? Is that hard to do? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Very easy. You carry your paperwork with you into Mexico. They're really cool. Out of Mexico, you're going back on the boat. You've got your little boat uh, sign and sail card. That's like basically your ID around your neck. They see you coming a mile away. Let you ride back on really quick. All right. What's your other one? I mean, like if you're, if you're going to fly somewhere and it's just for the weekend and you can pack it in a small enough bag to carry it on, that's the best way to do it because checking on or checking in your luggage is easy to put it on, but taking it off, you have to go down there and wait with everybody with the carousel. So it's a lot easier. But one thing about it is, is if everybody on the plane is carrying on, it takes forever to get it out, get it out of there because you have to wait for everybody to get their bags. And I'm like, I'm not, I never carry bags on. You should let us get out first and all these jerks that have their bags, but it, it's definitely easier. We, I think the last time we traveled, we took little bags and we put them in the plane, but uh, yeah. What's your second one? So my second one, <clears throat> you had the option. Once you got done, once you got your bags and everything got ready, you could wait for the shuttle or you could go get your car, walk, go get your car, bring it back, and then pick up your, you know, family bags, whatever. So fair or foul, would you, I guess, would you wait for the shuttle? Is it fair to wait for the shuttle or would you go get your car? I've never been on a boat, sir. How, how, how could you translate this to, uh, I guess at the airport too, right? You park in the parking lot and you either walk or take the shuttle. Right. Um, it's pretty awesome to not have to walk, but you have to wait. So it's either, do you want to walk or do you want to get exercise or do you want to wait? And just feel like, man, this is taking forever. But it depends on how far away you are. If you're real far, I mean, I, I like the shuttle. I'd say fair to the shuttle. So I thought fair to the shuttle too. However, the bag guy that had all our bags was like, oh man, you'll wait for 45 minutes if you have to wait for the shuttle because everybody waits for the shuttle. What he didn't tell me, which this is what made going to get the car so foul, never do it. Um, you have to fight all the traffic to get back to the port. So the same 45 minutes that I was would have had to wait for all the lines, I had to wait to get through all the traffic. And then, uh, you know, those guys are, you know, in a hurry, in a wreck. It was a mess. So it is 100% fair to wait for the shuttle for me. From now on, never again will I ever go get the vehicle and try to get back in there. All right. So let me ask you this. There's a lot of times that you'll see advertisement for, you know, vacations or cruises. And it looks pretty awesome. And then some people post pictures and say, this is what it really looks like. So is it relaxing and you're chilling or is it can of sardines? Like, what's it like on there? It truly depends on how active you want to be, because if you want to just hang out in your room, they've no. got, obviously they've got, you know, until, until the boat gets to where you want it to go. Right. Then uh -huh. everybody gets off the boat and then you kind of do your own thing in country. So 
when you're on the boat, if you want to party on the boat while you're waiting to get from point A to point B, it can definitely get like that. So again, are you okay with all the people as long as, you know, you have, I mean, like if you want to get in the hot tubs there, it's just, just like packed to the gills in the hot tub. Like you can't really enjoy your life really. Or is it too? I think it all depends on the time in which you want to do it too. Mm. Like there was definitely a time in between breakfast and lunch where you could have got in there and did whatever you want. Now between lunch and dinner, you're fighting a crowd. It's five o'clock traffic in there. So <laughs> as long as you're mindful of that, you can definitely get in there when you want to. Once the sun goes down, that's that's the best time to go anywhere. So overall, fair foul your cruise. Fair. I definitely plan on doing it again. I don't Are know we... if I'll go to Progresso, but definitely okay. do it again. So when I don't have time for your final thought because we have less than a minute and I don't I don't remember seeing that coming up. But anyway, <laughs> Tom's back. We'll be back uh Tuesday night after the game. Game three, Lance McCullers. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time on Astros Baseball. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.